Oh, boss. All right, great. I was just coming to see you. You know, you could get the Dummy of the Week award, Switcher. Yeah, she turned out pretty real, didn't she? I wasn't talking about her. Oh. Well, what do you think? It only took me six days to do it. I figure I could turn out maybe three, four of these a month. You're supposed to knock off three or four of these a day, Switcher. Now get back to work. Yeah, but what about quality, boss? I mean, style and grace, these things take time. That's it. You're fired. What? Okay, but can I finish her? You see, I, I'm, I'm a sculptor. Well, I'm trying to be a sculptor. And she's my... Beat it! Now! Welcome back to the show, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. My name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are the movies that made us gay. Made us gay. Welcome Whee! back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the podcast where every week we watch a movie from our past that contributed to our little gay boy lives. Uh, like I said, my name's Pete. With me as always is Scott. And Scott, we've got a very special guest today. Oh my gosh, a very special guest. So Pete and I are huge fans of this person. <laughs> Millie DeCherico. Yay! You may remember Millie DeCherico if you've listened to Go Bayside. She has some of my favorite Go Bayside's and also sorted details with April Richardson. Who also did Go Bayside too? How are you today, Millie? I'm so good. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thank so, you for coming. So we don't know Millie at all. We just reached out and just asked. <laughs> I feel like I've known her though. Right. All of these years. I think I listen to Screech's Spaghetti Sauce once every three months. <laughs> oh, Whenever I'm just looking for something to listen to for a podcast, I'll just put it on. That's, I love it. That's very flattering. I'm. I. I can't believe. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I, April and I will like frequently be like, wow, we're like the most annoying people on the planet. I can't believe anybody would listen to this more once, but thank you very much. Have you ever seen that meme? It's a, it's a, it's what it feels like to listen to podcasts and it's a kid sitting in front of like a bus ad and the, the, the poster is like three girls sitting around talking, having a conversation and laughing. And it's a kid sitting in front of the picture just laughing. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and the caption is what it, feels, uh, what it feels like to listen to podcasts. That's how I feel, too. I mean, all, quite honestly, like I, I like, love, love podcasts. I listen to tons and tons of them, like super, like, you know, standard NPR ones, but then yeah. ones about movies and culture. Yeah. So I, I am like frequently like I wish i was friends with them <laughs> well thanks for coming on our show this is a brand new podcast we were only a few episodes in but um we've been having some fun and and yeah. we, we did a great movie this week oh man and it was uh, p- uh partly one of your suggestions <laughs> so millie you gave us a list of movies that you grew up on and you had some really good ones on the list you had like what was on there like flowers in the attic was on there love it yes flowers in the attic um Memphis Bell, which oh, Memphis is Bell. that's a random one, but I, I, I'll <laughs> a lot have of hot to, boys in it. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely like an outsiders of the early '90s type of like. Oh yeah, good. You know, yeah. Um, oh God, now I can't remember what else was on there. Well, this movie was on there. So we landed on Mannequin from 1987, <laughs> directed by Michael Golib. Golib, right? Gol- yeah, uh, Golib. Who knows? And yeah, this movie. It is a it is a gem. I don't think I've sat through all of Mannequin in probably twenty five years. I know. I was just about to say, 
Ooh, we've got a little bit of a... You can just talk over this. <laughs> but now I'm like, what is it? What oh, this this Belinda Carlisle song <gasps> that I had never heard until the opening credits of this movie. Yes! It's it's nowhere to be found on iTunes. I looked it up. It's I, I can't stream it or download it. Well, all I have to say is... If the movie you're watching starts off with an animated opening credit sequence, you're in for a great time. You're in for a hundred <laughs> percent. And let me just tell you, I completely forgot about this song. Right? Completely <laughs> forgot the, the animated sequence, which is so. This movie was from 1987, yeah. right? Yeah. Which culturally is like one of the best years ever, <laughs> and especially for me as a child. I yeah. it was like. All the movies and music and everything that came out that year was great. Yeah. So there was a part of me that for wondered, or at first I thought this was the Bangles, right? Right. Because yeah. then I was that like, would make perfect sense. Oh Makes yeah, Walk yeah. Like an Egyptian yeah. had just come out or came out the year before, yeah. and so there was this part of me that was like, is this movie like somehow influenced by <laughs> Walk Like an Egyptian? Because there's like an Egyptian thing yep. going on. But then this song in particular, I I. Thought it was going to be Walk Like an Egyptian, yeah. and then I it mean, wasn't. Yeah, so. missed opportunity on the filmmaking. Uh, truly, <laughs> part. Yes. I feel like the Egyptian thing gets dropped so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have huge issues there's with a lot it, of, but uh, you know, there's a lot of it. ways into the story. I don't think I would put ancient Egypt opening <laughs> at the top of them. <laughs> I'm like, so let's just jump puzzled. right in. Oh man, yes. So it opens in ancient Egypt. It opens very Mel Brooksy too, mm-hmm. but I feel like it doesn't take it as far as it probably wanted to. Sometimes the movie has those weird, like farce, crazy, like Mel Brooks out there elements because it starts and it says, you know, Edfu Egypt. It says like you know three thousand years ago, and then like it waits a beat, and then it says, what does it say, like? Just, just after, before lunch. Just before yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah. It's you like know? The, the big corny dad joke. Yeah, yeah. And then totally. it opens with like Kim Cattrall, full face of makeup in a. She's wrapped like a mummy. She's wrapped like a mummy. And and then her like her like stereotypical Jewish mother comes in, <laughs> like like vague <laughs> yeah. New York yeah. accent. Yeah, even though this is supposed to be ancient Egypt, Egypt, and just starts nagging her, nagging her that she should be marrying this guy. Yeah, she doesn't want to do it. She puts her foot down that she wants to see the world and invent things, too. Well, okay. We, they have to set up that she loves mm-hmm. to... She has greater aspirations than, I guess, just what a woman would have in ancient Egypt. Sure. <laughs> and ultimately, she her biggest goal is that she wants to fly. But all of this is just a setup for... Antics later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing is just they needed some sort of mystical MacGuffin, I yes. guess. Yeah. You know? How do you explain how she's in this mannequin? Which I feel like the movie never really... Oh, no, never. Absolutely not. N- not that- at all. <laughs> it never really answers. And I'll just tell you, I when I was watch, I watched this movie many times as a kid. Yes. I mean, it came on HBO a lot. Sure. And then I think we owned the VHS at one point. Mm-hmm. So I must have watched it probably like 15, 20 times. Yes. So as a kid, this all seems totally above board to me. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. She's a uh, time traveling, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, you know, I was like, she ends up in modern day and she's in a mannequin. Yeah. That makes sense. Perfect. But then I watched it the other night and I was going... Wow, this is uh, <laughs> this is very flimsy. Yeah, it's pretty sure. lazy exposition. It doesn't to, hold water. To get you into the right because then the you're kind of day. asking like, okay, well then, 
do the Egyptian gods, are mm-hmm. they responsible? And why a mannequin? And like, you know. Has she always been a mannequin, though? Because she refer because she talks about meeting Christopher Columbus and Michelangelo and Michelangelo. So, so was she a statue then? I don't think she's always been a. I don't think she's always been a mannequin. So wait, you're saying that you think that she was, um, like in a I don't know sarcophagus or something? <laughs> is that what? I, I don't well, know. Well, I think I think the thing is maybe she takes the form of something of that time period. <sighs> Uh, At least so in, that she can do this kind of a situation. At where least in the second she, mannequin, she's a she statue. is a statue. Christy Swanson uh, is a statue yeah. in mannequin too. Okay, yeah, uh, that clears a lot up for yeah. me. But I guess I wasn't really. <laughs> I mean, it's a deep text. So I had never seen mannequin two on the move. Yeah. Uh, until what? When did we watch it last year? When it was on how did this get made? This get made did it a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, and so we we sat down and watched it then, and that's when I realized it. Neither of them are in it. It's not Andrew McCarthy or Kim Cattrall. It's Christy Swanson and, and Herman from Herman's Head. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and she's a statue. And so we got to thinking maybe because Emmy mentions her boyfriend, Chris. I love that. Oh, my boyfriend, Chris. You know, <laughs> I told him to, like, sail around the world. And it's like, and oh, wow. Michael Michelangelo was yeah. obsessed with this guy named David. Womp, womp. Yeah, womp, womp. Womp, So I'm womp. thinking maybe the gods, if it is the Egyptian gods, were like, okay, we're going to kind of make her a muse, maybe, gotcha. for these men. But it's yes. weird that it wouldn't have opened in ancient Greece then. Yeah, it would have made yeah. more sense to open it because the whole concept of muses. Greece. Yeah, that's right. So it just—I feel like there's—it's a pointless endeavor for us to pull at this thread. We should be looking <laughs> through. Oh, totally. We should not be looking through the historical lens yeah. on this, even yeah. though I'm—I'm I'm always tempted to. Yeah, Because yeah. I always like you know like the questions, but yeah, yeah. I guess maybe you're you're right. I didn't I didn't realize that maybe she was always some sort of yeah. Um, you know, because she just offhandedly says like, oh, yeah, like pop up like through different time periods or whatever. And also Jonathan builds her like he makes her. See, yeah, that's Doesn't my set up at the beginning <laughs> that he made her. Yeah. Which well, I have a lot of questions about this, about this mannequin. Job. Mannequin factory. Oh, this, this mannequin factory. 100 percent. Yeah. That um, he works on one. What does he say that he works on one? So so Jonathan tells the boss, I think I can knock out. You know, two or three a week or something. And he's like, you're supposed to knock out two or three a day. A day. I mean, I would hope that they're doing more than two or three a day at this mannequin factory. I would say. Is he sculpting this mannequin? Yeah, I wonder (laughs) if he's doing the plaster work. And then, you know, I I always thought it was more of a... Assembly line I would, type of you job. You would think it would, would be some it would kind of a be It's less artisanal. Line. It's yeah. more, you know. <laughs> I don't think every mannequin is like hand-picked. Like <laughs> each arm, he was like, not that arm. Like maybe this arm. I mean, listen, if a mannequin um, sculptor <laughs> is listening right now and has information, Email please us. contact Email us. <laughs> Movies that made us gay at Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we don't have our mannequin factory expert on can, the line. Can I ask you... Um, Maybe this, maybe we'll talk about this more later too. Yeah. What? How? What were your feelings on Andrew McCarthy at the time that, like, oh my God. this movie? Oh my god! Oh, he's so dreamy. 
Yeah. He's so cute. 100%. I was probably more into Andrew McCarthy in Pretty in Pink. I think that was kind of everyone's introduction to him. Sure. And then Mannequin was just a little bonus. Sure. And also, he looks just like a friend of ours. Oh, we do have really? A he looks like, like our friend John Clausen, children's author, or children's <laughs> illustrator John Clausen. Look him up. Oh, my God. He so kind of I'm definitely looking him, him up. <laughs> <laughs> so let me say this about Andrew McCarthy. As a, as a grown man, I kind of look at his body of work and I see him in pretty in pink and I see him in this and I'm thinking a little too thin. Yeah. A little is, on the scrawny he side. Little, he, he is a little scrawny. A little scrawny. You know, what's also interesting is that Kim Cattrall, 30, he's like 23 or 24. Get out of here. A very rare, wow. a rare occurrence where the leading lady is older than the guy. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, yeah, I, um, so... I was like obsessed with him <laughs> when I was, uh, you know, a young girl. Sure. Um, and I was telling you guys before we started recording that I actually like this movie was the movie that really did it for me. Oh. Yeah. Whereas in Pretty in Pink, I was kind of like, I think like, I think that the movie is designed to make you root for Ducky. And yeah, I always thought sure. that Andrew McCarthy was cute, obviously, yes. and you know, sensitive, and mm-hmm. you know, this kind of thing. He wasn't the James Bader. Right, type. right. But I think that that in that and Pretty in Pink in particular, like the focus is definitely on her getting with Ducky. Yeah, and so I kind of like was like, oh, he's cute, but he's not the guy I want her with. Yeah. Whereas in this one, oh I was God. like, oh, he's like the guy, for and sure. He's, and I think he's super playful and cute, and I love the like little costumes he wears and the little pencil mustache, everything. <laughs> so I, I was like, this was like yeah. his. This I was, was I was reading that the role was originally written for a Dudley Moore type. Oh but my then geez. I guess that this movie was produced by people who did a lot of test screenings. They kind of perfected like audience screenings for studios. That's who produced the movie. Oh wow. And they just figured out that somebody young is going to score a little higher with the young girls. Sure. So they catered it to Andrew McCarthy. But also let's on. just say they get Dudley Moore. And then you're supposed to be like a lonely shop owner that. Just and then falls is the mannequin, mannequin still gonna be Kim Cattrall? Is there like I a? I guess so. Is, Probably right. There's not like a, a middle-aged woman mannequin style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh like, no, they would have put. Yeah, they would have kept her. Yeah, he would have been fifty and yeah. she would have been thirty, and it would have been like love. Yeah. Although Dudley Moore, like, um, th- and Arthur, mm-hmm. I remember. It was the kind of thing, Dudley Moore was always so weird to me because there were like tiny fleeting moments where I thought, oh, he's charming and cute. Yeah. But for the most part, I was like, oh, he's just like an old British guy. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So now I'm like thinking, oh my God, this movie would have been crazy if he was in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just in uh, 10 with Bo Derek. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never seen 10. I don't know if they're even loving Tristan that. With her as the man. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Bo Derek as as or as maybe Emmy. like a or maybe like a Jacqueline Bassett type, sure, like well, a Kelly LeBrock maybe. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that! Oh, we're I'd gonna be doing weird movie. science soon. Too. Oh my, that's that's <laughs> yeah. another movie that I've seen a hundred times. I love it. See, uh, did you think Wyatt was cute and weird? Science? Oh, of course, of course, yeah, I knew it. Of course, <laughs> to the, of, I, I, knew I it. had to look him up because he did is, one of those walk away from Hollywood. Isn't he like things? a high school teacher now? Something like that, or like Who's he teaches why from Weird Science. He's like a college. Yeah, professor. he's like a professor. Oh. Yeah, it was like him that. and um, 
What's his name from Sixteen Candles? Those were the two guys that I was Michael like. Michael Shuffling. Anthony Michael Hall? No, it was the... Um, <laughs> it's Michael. It's Michael. Um, he's a mermaid. Shuffling? Shuffling. Yeah, Jake Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Jake yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Jake Ryan. Where him, it was Wyatt and him, there were like the two big, like, what are they doing now? Yes. And I have to Google them. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think Wyatt is a professor. I think yeah, I believe yeah, that's that's right. But I, yeah, weird science. Oh, that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. We'll we'll get to it. But I mean, yeah. So Andrew McCarthy in this movie, you're right. Blaine, I feel like there's a lot less character there. There is in that. Okay, he's he's part of the rich kid crowd, but he's tired of the shallow life, and you know he wants something more and something like you know a girl like. Andy is her name Andy? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl like Andy. But here he's more of like this dreamer type and he's like artistic. So yeah, I can see that this character is a little bit there's a little bit more there to latch on to. Yeah, and he seemed I mean he was all obviously older I mean, he had his own apartment mm-hmm. yeah you know, like an amazing loft wherever Where? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that <Like>. loft <laughs> there's a lot to look at in that loft. considering he's been fired like eight times yeah uh in 10 minutes yeah so, so how he's still affording this loft oh my god i oh, that's like my big question well with it's, every 80s it's movie. philadelphia Right. Yeah. Well, that's where the actual department store is. I think it's supposed to be Philly. So, There's shots of Philly in the movie. Okay. So they're not like masks. So maybe more. Philly rent prices are. Sure. In 1987, it was a lot more. The, I like the housing market that, was easy. I like to think that Philadelphians hold this movie on like a pedestal with like Rocky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean there's a plaque in the downtown square? Yeah. <laughs> with Tom Hanks and then Mannequin. <laughs> that department store is really famous. It's one of the oldest in the United States. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's they gorgeous. should never. I mean, it's huge. And you get the sense of that as they're playing around. In that the is insane to me. The These like old fashion department stores did you see carol with uh yeah 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 where uh what's her name worked in that department store Rudy Mara. And, Rudy Mara. yeah and uh and carol goes in to like buy this like train set or whatever and i was so fascinated at just the concept of these old-fashioned department stores that where sell you, pretty much everything everything i'm telling you that's like my one that's like something i was going to talk about at some point mm-hmm. is the concept of malls and department stores when we were growing up because it's not like that anymore but like yeah i remember like looking at when they show scenes of Illustra Mm -hmm. and it's like you can buy records and jewelry (laughs) and perfume like records holy shit and it's like um you know it's like a one-stop shop everyone is there Mm -hmm. and it's like the place to be and i'm like is packed with merchant with merchandise too i know yeah it's completely full yeah i didn't i when when you get the scenes in illustra with records and books and things i was just like what is going on illustra we should probably say is the rival department store to what's the what's the one that he gets something in sun what's the one that he gets to drop at yeah oh i wrote it down i know yeah so I remember as a kid, Prince and Company. Prince, Prince and, and Company. Company. Yeah, I remember as a kid, a couple of stores that were like that. There were more discount stores. Yeah, growing up in LA, there were more like discount stores that that had all that kind, of, like what eventually evolved into like Target. You know, right? But then you look at like in the Prince and Company, mm-hmm. like all throughout this, you know, the movie, you're seeing kind of that dream of um it's kind of like career opportunities where (laughs) you're like in the store at night which is a dream yes you know that everyone has yeah where you're like okay this store is meant to sell soccer balls and sports (laughs) equipment and then like fur coats yes so there's like this 
huge yeah. spectrum of items mm-hmm. being sold in this department store, which I was like, yeah, even at Target, yeah, you could get sporting goods, but could you get like furs, For, like yeah. high-end furs right. or like ju- like really fancy jewelry? I'm yeah. like, wow, that's an amazing concept. Yeah, so. no, totally. And like LA still has a couple of remnants of that life. There's like the Bullock's Wilshire building where you can go and take a tour of it. It's no longer a department store. It's like a law library or something. Oh, wow. But they refurbished it to look like it looked like in the 40s and 50s. Oh, it's so dreamy. Yeah, and it's on Wilshire. My sister took a tour and she was like, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's a, this this set is cra- – well, it's not a set. It's a location, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but Prince and Company – so Estelle Getty – I have a lot to say about Estelle Getty's <laughs> performance. In she's, like, yeah. she's like the CEO or the president or something. And so they introduce him meeting Estelle Getty outside oh of Prince and Company, mm-hmm. where this giant sign falls down and nearly hits her. He dies in front of it, ends up somehow swinging on the sign back and forth. Oh, my God. Such a lawsuit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this back and forth between Estelle Getty and Andrew McCarthy is just like... Well, thank you for for saving my life. What can I do for you? Well, I need a job. When can you start? You were obsessed with her delivery. Estelle Getty's delivery. I feel terrible for even speaking <laughs> ill of Sophia Petrillo. <laughs> but holy shit. Well, like, she's so iconic as yeah. Sophia. And it's one of those things where that's really all we know her. Yeah. It's this. Very true. It's, it's, it's Ma. It's this, and it's Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. And she had a lot to work with on the Golden Girls. It's a very specific character. Yep. So when we see her not doing the, you know, the Brooklyn accent and, you know, being like more of like of a sweet you it's know, a little, character. It's a little community theater. It's a li- <laughs> yeah. We have a clip of it. You should play a, a sample of her dialogue. All right, here we go. Every time I walk through these doors, I feel like I'm home. I practically grew up here. Greta Garbo used to get her makeup right over there. Of course, you probably don't know who Greta Garbo is. Sure I do. Ninochka? Grand Hotel? (laughs) I don't sleep much at night. Neither do I, at least not in the two weeks since I've been in charge here. I don't know how we're going to make this store great again. Looks fine to me. What time do we open? We are open. And there's no one in the oh. store. Oh. I thought that well, was so I'm, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure things will pick up by lunch. So, <laughs> her her character's father just died two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He had a heart attack while walking through ladies' lingerie, yes. right? And I know in Golden Girls they put her in old lady drag. So she is not eighty-four years old, but I mean, I get what is she? What do you? What do we think she's sixty-five? Yeah, late sixties, perhaps. Sixties, yeah. I mean, granted, in the eighties, like late sixties, looked like a ninety-year-old in twenty nineteen. Oh, definitely. So, <laughs> um, but old was old. Old was definitely old. But yeah, her her deliveries. Um, I mean. Come on, she's she's Sophia Petrola. I mean, it's Ma. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be too hard on her. But you know, it's uh, God. Like I, I totally get it. A little wooden. Yeah. Um, I will say with that clip that you just um mm-hmm. played, the part where Andrew McCarthy talks about how he stays up all night watching Ninochka. Right. 
<laughs> is seriously sets my loins ablaze. Ah, like I was sure. like, oh my god! Like I love this artist who watches old movies at yeah, night. Yeah, and he knows who Greta Garbo is. Yeah. I, love you yeah and these were the days before tcm too <laughs> i know it's like he was literally he's either yeah, watching it on public television yeah, or you know down. Like, <laughs> renting uh, uh vhs tips from the library i yeah. don't know <laughs> jonathan switcher is is really dreamy yeah no he is he is um can we talk about uh roxy His- <laughs> yeah i love a roxy <laughs> roxy who's constantly fording off advances from Every single man in her life that's not Andrew McCarthy. Just being sexually harassed nonstop. Well, it's mostly by what's his Raul or whatever yeah. his name is. Whatever so, the, uh, so Greek, Carol, so Carol Davis, who plays Roxy, uh-huh. I found out today, was is a singer and a composer, and she worked with Prince. Oh, wow. Yeah, she co-composed Slow Love and Sign of the Times. Ooh. Well, get yeah. right we'll out know. of town. She kind of okay. seems like Prince lady now a prince protege yeah, yeah yeah she's got the look mm-hmm. for sure yeah um she was her character uh-huh. is such a huge archetype for me as like a <laughs> child because i was like when i was a little girl i mean i've talked about this before uh-huh. but i was obsessed with being an adult like sure. i just like fast forward to my childhood. Do you want a job? You want an apartment? I wanted to be like Melanie Griffith, the working girl, Uh. as soon as possible. And which is like why I think I've like, you know, I talk about, I joke about like not having a childhood or not being into children's things. But I was like, because I was so busy wanting to be like a 45 year old divorcee in an 80s movie. So (laughs) her character is like always I love the ki- these types of women in these movies because it was almost like a this is what adult life yes. is. Like you're going to wear like giant shoulder pad mm-hmm. like um su- skirt suits and have this like <laughs> amazing apartment that's like in a high rise in yes. a downtown um you know, building and it's going to have like uh, mauve shell sh- <laughs> shit everywhere and um, corner office, of course, corner <laughs> office, and like you're, you're just like always, you know, your hair's like in a either severe bun mm-hmm. or kind of like a updo, and you know you're going to work at this like fabulous place and have this like maybe like is either like you have a fancy hot foreign boyfriend or mm-hmm. then you have like a shithead like. You know, arty boyfriend yeah. that picks you up on a motorcycle. No, yeah, nothing, no in between no for in between. these characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she is fascinating. Roxy, what's her last name? Roxy Hart is that her name? No, that that's that's Rock, Chicago. Roxy Hart that's, from Chicago. That's from, <laughs> that's from Chicago. Sorry about that. Roxy Carmichael. No, I don't. Yeah. Know. Ooh, um, good I don't movie. even know if she had a last name in this movie. Yeah. That's but, so what does she do for the she, rival department? So she for? works for what's the store called again? Alustra. Alustra. She works for Alustra. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe she's in merchandising because she's on. Yeah. It seems like she's on the team that's trying to get Jonathan. Yeah, because the setup is I mean, it's obviously they're trying to set up a story where Prince and Company is like the heritage, like yeah. the store with heart, yeah. the business that's been in business for 100 years. And then Illustra is like the new Jack, like, yeah. you know, f- they don't care about people, they just care about money. Yeah. And they, they're on the image. You know, yeah, image, and mm-hmm. you know all their signage is in neon and stuff. And <laughs> neon cursive neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the way they're setting it up. Yeah, yeah. And so she works for this like rival, terrible company, um, and yeah, I have no idea like what she's. I thought she was like a like a marketing person. But yeah, who, but who knows? But maybe she's a visual, a vis- in visual, you know, market like like what Jonathan does, 
but who knows? And who's the actor that plays the boss? I did recognize him. He's oh, like yeah. another one of yeah, those character of those actors guys, that yeah. you've seen him in something. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. We, we'll look him up. On so MTV. we should probably set up Jonathan when Emmy first appears to him. Well, Jonathan makes a friend before he meets Emmy. Oh, I can't believe oh we goodness. haven't. We haven't even it. talked about this. Is the mannequin? <laughs> this is a mannequin podcast, and we haven't even mentioned. <laughs> we are twenty-seven yet. minutes in. <laughs> How and do we, we do that? Haven't even gotten to Hollywood. Well, here you go. I must be losing my mind. I guess all artists fall in love with their creations, but you just seem so special. Well, wrote over Bill Shakespeare. That is the sweetest sentiment these years have ever heard. Uh, no, no, no. I was re- rehearsing a play. I always find it best not to explain. It adds a certain mystique to one's reputation. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a regular kind of guy. Okay. Don't disappoint me. When you're finished with your conversation, please bring her to window number three. Sure, you got it. I'm, uh, I'm Jonathan Switcher. Hollywood. Hollywood Montrose. Doesn't it just sing? Oh, it sings, yeah. I'm a window dresser here. We're going to have fun, fun, fun. I am so glad you're working here. (laughs) You are? Why, of course I am, honey. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get that little bit of laughing at the end. (laughs) So I have to make a confession. Hollywood man. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. I... Did not realize he was gay when I was a kid. I was no just one having did. the same exact conversation <laughs> with some coworkers. Okay, with some I don't know. Straight coworkers yesterday. <laughs> and yeah. it's interesting because they, it went over all of our heads. But they call it out in the screenplay that he's gay, which is he talks about Albert. Interesting. I know yep. Albert's leaving him, leaving I, him over his, none over of his us, fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. Now, after watching it yeah. just recently, I was like, oh, it is it's so, in plain it's view. In, yeah, it's in our face. And yet, I mean, you know, I, I don't remember. I think it was like nine or ten when this movie came out. Uh, you know, I guess I didn't really have a concept of, yeah. you know, gay people yeah. in film. Yeah. And so I was like, I, you know, I just assumed, oh, he's, you know, an artist like Jonathan, yeah. you know, who wasn't a thing. Yeah. But yeah, now after watching it, I was like, oh, it was. Yeah. And you just think clear. as a kid that they're just kooky people. And they're kooky men who, you know, he had a big, that car. Of course. That pink-ass car. That pink-ass car that he puts over the... That, like, 18-foot-long, like, is it a Cadillac convertible? (laughs) And there's a really funny scene where he's he's putting over the cover. The car cover. The giant... The polka dot car cover that is branded. It says Hollywood (laughs) on it. And um, I remember as a kid watching this movie... And one of the times, it, just being on watching it, and my I've I've talked about this before. My dad and my uncle used to watch movies with us a lot as kids, and I always remember things that they would laugh at and thought were funny. And sometimes I'd be like, "What are you, la- what are you laughing at?" And there's a scene in this movie where he where Hollywood is like handling women's clothes, and he has like a blouse or something, and he's like, "Oh, Jonathan, take a picture." My um, what is it? Mom will think I switched. Right. What? Right. And my dad and my uncle laughed their ever living asses off at that line. I love it. And to this day, you know, 30 years later, I remember them laughing at that going, what? Switched what? What is he talking about? <laughs> what are they laughing at? Right. Right. You know. 
But I do remember as a kid, maybe not really understanding the concept of Albert and and Hollywood and his sexuality, but just loving that character and just looking at him and just being like, oh, my God, he does not give two shits. Oh, none. About... Anybody like the 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 night security guy from Police Academy, right? You know, like James Spader. Like he is just he's Hollywood. And what I loved, and you laughed at it. I knew it was coming, and you laughed was when Hollywood shows up to like the board meeting, and he like rips off his like kooky Hollywood outfit and has a business suit underneath. That's right. He has the reveal. Yeah, and the, I love a good tear. The business suit yeah, yeah. is his costume. You know, he's That's like, right. I gotta go and talk to the board. I'm I'm not proud of this. Don't judge me, but I'm I'm gonna be like a regular, like straight person for a minute, and like to me that always like spoke to me so much. Of course, I was like sure. this dude is just like he's fucking Hollywood Montrose. He's got the crazy sunglasses, you know, and like he's just like living his like best authentic self. Like before like Super Soul Sunday, like he was like doing it. Yeah. And I fully loved that. I love that too. And, yeah. you know, I, I like, I was like very close to dressing like him for Halloween one year. <laughs> I was like very close because I, I loved him so much. And yeah. I, there was like two parts of the movie, like that part that you just played where he's like, doesn't it just sing? I used yeah. to say that. <laughs> I used to like sp- speak those lines to my parents, yeah. like, you know, as, and they were like, what are you talking about? Uh, and I, I just like loved his character because it was like, you know, I love the like quirky sidekick yeah, character in yeah. every movie and he just was so iconic, right? Yeah. But then, you know, after watching it now, I was thinking like what I love about, I love that Jonathan's character isn't like a huge homophobe that yeah. just like tries to dismiss him or you tries to You can tell to, that like, he thinks yeah. he's weird, but he's okay with it though yeah but that he's that they're weird in kind of the same yes. way yeah. like they're both yeah. kind of like artists and mm-hmm. they work in the like creative side of yeah. whatever this department store is yeah and i you know i thought that that was great like i thought it because you really could have had just an entire you know an entire movie filled with like jokes making fun of him and oh, i mean yeah. there was a couple i mean yeah. you know especially from the police academy guy but yeah <laughs> But you Jonathan know. sticks up for him too. Yes, he calls yeah. him like a homophobe. Calls him a bigot. A bigot. Yes, yeah. he did that. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was like. Oh my god, I can't believe that. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that was very that was very forward thinking and not not usual for the time. Sure, that they went out of their way to show that Jonathan doesn't care. Yeah, and like this guy made an effort to be friends with him, and so he was like, "Fuck it, like I'm gonna be friends with this guy. Like I don't care. Like it's not affecting me in any way." And so. Yeah, that's kind of what's great about this movie. And, like, I feel like, well, maybe not so secretly, but, like, yeah, this movie has so much, like, gay shit in it because, like, I mean, let's be real. What is James Spader doing with this role? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is he being a nerd? Yeah. Or is he like, I'm going to play, I'm going to make a choice, and this character is going to be gay? Yeah. I don't know. It could go either way. A yuppie yeah, because Reaganite gay. Because all the, yeah. the all the Illustra guys are yuppies, but they're not playing it super like. Do you know what I mean? They're not playing it super mm-hmm. effeminate. Because all the Illustra employees are wearing like the oversized uh, 
sports coat with the sleeves pushed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like bolo ties and like the very hyper 80s look because yeah. they work at Illustra. So they're cool, you know, right. even though they weren't. They were like balding dudes with like glasses and stuff. And it's like yeah. traditionally you look at that guy and he's not a cool guy, but he but they dress them in, you know, this 80s kind of new wave ish style. Right. And so you think those guys would be like the ultra yuppies, very much like uh, I was getting like Julia Louis Dreyfus in Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you like the next door neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, getting those vibes from from Illustra. But I feel like James Spader was just like like a square, but yeah. And I feel like kind of knowing, yeah, tr- in twenty nineteen where James Spader is and like what kind of crazy choices he has made as an actor throughout his entire career. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe he was just like, I'm going to play this guy as a, as a fucking gay nerd. Yeah. You know I, I mean? never thought about like that. A, and now I'm looking, I'm like thinking. by the books, mm-hmm. like nerd guy, but also like just uptight and like effeminate gay guy. Yeah. Also, I don't know. He uh, made <laughs> Sex, Lies, and Videotape a mere two years later. Yeah, which is a complete crazy. 180. It's like from critically this role. lauded. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing you were saying too about this movie having a lot of like gay gayness or gay yeah. heritage. I mean, come on, you have James Spader and Andrew McCarthy reuniting. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and they were in. I don't remember when Less Than Zero came out, but um, you know. Those two. Oh man, this is their third movie together. Yeah, we were just thinking Pretty in Pink reunion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Less than I was less than less zero, zero what, came like out in eighty seven, eighty five, or maybe eighty five. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so you have that connection. Yeah, you have connections to the Golden Girls. Yeah, <laughs> designing <laughs> women, designing women, Sex in the City, yeah, and you're just like, wow. Yeah. Like, this is a uh, yeah. This spawned like, oh wow, Less than Zero actually has an eighty seven release date. Oh, wow. Yeah. The same year. That's wow. crazy. Can you imagine? They were busy. Yeah. Less than zero <laughs> and mannequin. That's like two, tonally two completely different yeah. movies. What if, uh, what if uh, Robert Downey Jr. passed on the James Spader role? <laughs> 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 I don't have time for that, you guys. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't think about that. Like all the different like gay properties yes. that everybody kind of like. We have Spread a out little to. dissection of every single <laughs> niche of pop culture here. Yeah. Wow. All right, Mannequin. Way to go, movie maker. So we should probably <laughs> go into when he meets Emmy. I mean, we haven't even gotten to we her haven't even just gotten like coming to, to life. Coming, coming to life. That's how so, much this okay. movie is to impact. So the rules are she can only expose herself to Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Right? When somebody else walks in, she turns into... She turns back she into freezes. a mannequin. She turns back into a mannequin. And, um, yeah, he... That's the thing. There's, like, he doesn't make a wish. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's not, like, an old, like, artifact that they're touching. <laughs> you know? They're, he's not, like, looking into, like, a, a body of water and seeing his reflection. Yeah. And, like, asking the gods for anything. He doesn't get uh, so knocked out and hit on the head, <laughs> you know, which is always a device that people... Oh, yeah, But always. he ends up creating her, and he's been in love with this mannequin ever since he made her in the mannequin factory. And she has lines about remembering him making her. Ooh, yes. so crazy. Well, I don't know. So, and that, you know, my big question there goes back to... So... Was she kind of like a spirit hovering over her um, 
disassembled body parts <laughs> until and she just and she just dives into anything that he's doing that he's doing and or, then because you know there's the part at the beginning where he's like trying to figure out what arm yeah, she's gonna have yeah and then I'm like is she sitting there like hovering above the the scene going like oh I can't wait till he plugs that arm in and then yeah. I'm in the body or, like let's go or is she waiting for the right mannequin designer I think she to was make waiting, a mannequin she was waiting for him. I think that she mentions that later in the movie. Yeah. Wow. That's so she so was weird. she was going to a specific mannequin factory <laughs> and sort of deciding like which one of these guys yeah. that are dancing I have, with I have to pick the right one. Body parts to my girl. To my <laughs> which one is the guy for me? That's I'm going to pick one. that guy. Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Oh my god. Well, let's let's see if Emmy has any any answers for us. Don't you like your new scarf? Not especially. <laughs> what a funny way to say hello. <laughs> what the hell's going on? My name is Emma Hesseray, but you can call me Emmy. <laughs> this is a joke, right? Some sort of Princeton Company initiation? Who hired you? Hollywood. Nobody hired me, Jonathan. You know who I am. No, no, this can't be happening. I know the sign. The electricity? My brain snaps. It was destroyed. <laughs> I felt so sorry for you last night. You looked so lost and lonely. Well, that's not you saw me? No, you can't be her. When you were making me, didn't you feel a certain inspiration? Almost like your hands were being moved by a force not of this world. You made this body so that I could come to life. Thompson, am I the Twilight Zone or am I just nuts? I'm so glad I picked you. Hey, I'm going to create someone who doesn't like me. She picked him. That did not help at all. That didn't help at all, Emmy. <laughs> I'm more confused. Oh, darn. <laughs> and also, she wants to be an inventor. Yes. And our question was, how much of these window displays was she making? Yeah. I think she's building, like, the mechanics. Yeah, because she... For everything. Because he showed her all of the woodworking <laughs> yeah. stuff to, like, cut wood, they and she was yeah. all about it. They go, like, they go to some weird, like, machine shop, and she gets, like, the nail gun, and, you know, it's a full-service <laughs> department store, so maybe there's, like, like the Lego Connects, and she's, like... <laughs> I mean, you know, she... Uh, and maybe she has a uh, some kind of ancient Egyptian knowledge about how to put bicycles together sure. in a... Uh, I mean, the ancient Egypt, Egyptians did, like, They build built the pyramids, man. Stuff. She's the got pyramids. that Pythagorean <laughs> theorem <laughs> in her head. It's crazy. That's not Egyptian at all. And also, uh, when they do make... We should probably talk about the actual... The window display that they make. Oh, this, like, fascinating, like, jaw-dropping... losing <laughs> their goddamn minds over this window display, <laughs> which is... Shitting themselves. Over one tennis ball moving back one and forth. One tennis ball moving back and forth. <laughs> about seven tennis rackets that have been, like, propped up. Okay, well, what you do notice on a uh, 50-inch HD television is that the tennis rackets are coming out of, like, shirts... So they're it's yeah. they have the shirts lined up like they're people watching the tennis match, yeah, yeah. and the tennis rackets are like their heads and they're moving back and forth. So it's like the tennis rackets are like what because you know you move your head back and forth at a tennis match, but that's it. And people the, these just Philadelphia like losing their goddamn <laughs> minds over this window. Display. I mean, it's like they never saw anything before in their lives. No, these townspeople are just yeah they're. Like throwing money at like Prince and Company. Look at also how eighties looking the extras are. When you look I love at the, the extras. I love that there's one like art student like sketching it. I know. 
It's like this is my inspiration. Yeah, this is my this is my thesis. Yeah, and like you know, there's like kids on people's shoulders and yeah. shit. I'm like, wow, this was like the thing. Yeah. to do. Though okay, the tennis one is one thing, but there's one where there's like a full like city bus. Yes. Walk- yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the the one that they threw together real yeah, quick. By that, the way, yeah, that's the one where they had ran out of time. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, this, we can build an entire we... to scale bus <laughs> on the outside of the building." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking like it broke through oh the window. God. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I like. I also I like, love that. Part. I also like Hollywood fully doing a Q and A out front. Oh yeah, that he's just standing there like. Here it is. Here it is, everyone. It was 1987. There was no internet. They didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't have a lot of options. Although I will say that, like when you go to Disneyland and sure. you look at the storefront displays, mm-hmm. those are pretty impressive. They are. They're cute. So they're cute. But I don't know. And you stop for a moment and look. Like, oh, that, was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and you keep walking. And then you keep walking. Like, I'm, were you ever compelled to be like, I'm going to take thousands of dollars out of the <laughs> bank and go and throw it at this company because uh, they've inspired me to purchase uh yeah what like tennis clothes <laughs> what are this what is this window selling yeah is everything it, the, rackets, the rackets i mean they're clearly selling the everything tennis balls and the outfit see i always i forgot that she helped with the windows yeah you know so she was a muse for him but also mm-hmm. was like doing, doing his all the job which is kind of crazy. Be- because every time Ma told him, like, I love it. I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Every time she told him that, he was like, well, I don't know if I could do another one. <laughs> <laughs> like, Straight up, not even. Why did we hire you that day? Not even lying to keep his job. You know what I mean? You know and that they, thing where you're like, I'm going to embellish my resume. Of course I can ride a horse. <laughs> you know? He's fully just like, full disclosure, I don't know how that happened, and I can't guarantee it's going to happen again. And they immediately promote him. And she's like, oh. vice president. <laughs> Above Hollywood, which is, you oh, know, man. I would have, I would have. You know, been really pissed about that. You know, handed to Hollywood, he's happy for Jonathan. He's, but but I guess Hollywood truly believes that Jonathan did all this single-handedly. Sure. So where maybe Hollywood's windows were, what we saw, the the windows pre-Jonathan, are literally a single mannequin in a blacked-out <laughs> window wearing an outfit. <laughs> so it went from <laughs> the absolute bare minimum of yeah. what you could do to, you know, a Disneyland level yeah window display and you know to be to be quite honest maybe hollywood had some problems at home with albert maybe he wasn't paying attention he was distracted he was distracted he didn't care that he (laughs) this guy that literally just got hired has now been promoted (laughs) after him yeah uh wow hollywood has has uh liposuction on on the brain yeah (laughs) as from my favorite hollywood scene of all time here hold on Albert called me Cellulite City. Maybe he's right. Maybe I should have my hips lifted. If you want to lose weight, just a diet. Oh, diets are no use. It's those jelly donuts. They called to me in the middle of the night. Hollywood, Hollywood, come and get me, Hollywood. I can't stay away from them. It's like you and women's dressing room. No, 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 that was a misunderstanding. Like you and women's dressing rooms. I well, everyone it. sees him with the mannequin and just think that and just thinks that he has like a Lars and the Real Girl fetish. Yeah. Yes. 
there's there's some stuff with Jonathan in this movie where you're just like, oh my god, get a hobby. Well, yeah, and that's you know there was, I mean, they really did establish it at the beginning that he was kind of like, oh, he's a little yes obsessed he's a with little his off. Own. Yeah. yeah, he's a little off. Uh, and I, that there's that one scene where he goes into the bathroom with her, and like there's the employees oh, yeah. that are like listening at the door. Yeah, I mean, shit, I would have done that too. If it's I saw her- my one of my coworkers go into a bathroom with a mannequin, <laughs> I'd been like. What are they doing in there? What's he saying? Yeah, and that's what that's when the the girl on the outside goes. They're like, "Who's talking?" And she's like, "It's either the weirdo, the dummy, or the fairy." <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I love that they constantly refer to the mannequin as the dummy. Oh, I know. I love that. The dummy. The dummy. Um, but what I, I do love about that Hollywood scene with the jelly donuts is that I think that that is Andrew McCarthy just laughing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He then they cut to him, and he's just laughing at Meshach Taylor, just being Hollywood. You know what's so and I love that Meshach Taylor straight. Are you serious? Yeah. Isn't he straight? How did I, I mean, not... I don't. I, I don't know. I don't I think that... he ever was like openly gay. I think oh. we've got a Luther Vandross situation. Oh. Uh, so no hands. one really knows. Yeah. So Meshach Taylor, is he? He's, he passed away. He did? Yeah. Okay. About I thought two years so. Ago. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, and I think it was just like a weird, like, hard thing. Oh, boy. Um, But yeah, I, th- I I feel like it was like a Luther. I can't believe I didn't do research on it. But yeah, I don't think he ever was out at all. Yeah. And I think it's just, I mean, even Anthony on Designing Women. Yes. Was not a gay yeah. character, but never had him with girlfriends. Always just hanging around Sugar Bay. I mean, not yeah. hanging around Sugar Bay because he worked there, but, you know. Well, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I <laughs> thought Anthony was gay, even yeah. though I didn't think Hollywood was exactly. gay, which is fucked up. Yeah, I need the more subtle performance. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and I don't know. I think there's probably, there's everybody has a reason for in Hollywood to not yeah. whatever, yeah. but it's, it's yeah, it's interesting because I, I to me, like, his whole the whole conversation that he has about this boyfriend of his mm-hmm. that's like fat shaming him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, he's having like to me, even that, him talking about even having a boyfriend oh, yeah. in these movies yeah. Yeah. is kind of rare thing in oh, this era. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like I think no, it's kind because, of great. Yeah, for the most part, if you did have these characters, it would be like Anthony where it was kind of coded. Like right. they were flamboyant and they got to be funny, but they never specifically outright were like, Okay, this is my home life or it just wasn't addressed at all. Or they even did have you know, you had like a too close for comfort Monroe situation. Right. And right. you know, <laughs> the director did work in the fashion industry. The I director of this movie? That he, oh, okay. That the writer and director started out as a fashion uh, photographer. Okay. So maybe yeah. it was just something that he just, and he co-wrote the movie. Okay. So it was probably just something that he just slipped in. Yeah. Because he was just always surrounded by guys yeah, like this, too. It's true to, true to life that way, so. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So then, I mean, there's all this nonsense later on about, like, James Spader and Police Academy. Department Store Wars. Yeah. They're like, (laughs) they they understand that Jonathan is obsessed with Emmy, so then they try to steal her. Yeah, that was a little unclear. That they didn't know that that she could come alive, but they just knew that that was his inspiration, so they wanted to 
steal it so he wouldn't do as well anymore. Yeah, because it was at first, I think they were trying to get him to come work at Illustra. Right, yeah. Because apparently he was so famous oh, yeah. for making these windows <laughs> that he was in the newspaper. Yes. Uh, which cracks me up. Yeah. And um, then cut to Illustra sales floor with tumbleweeds now. Yes. And all the customers have now gone to Princeton Company because they're like on the cutting edge of yeah. fashion. And then they try to get Roxy, mm-hmm. his ex, <laughs> his hating ass ex, yeah. um, to to like woo him into coming to work at Illustra. Yeah. And he's like finally realizes that, she, that you know, he, now he's got Emmy. He doesn't need her anymore. She yeah. was always making fun of him for being poor artists. So... It's that thing where I think that they initially were like, well, we want him to come work for us so he can create these windows yeah. <laughs> and then we'll be famous. Yeah. And um, then I think they eventually are like, well, if he doesn't want to come work for us, let's just destroy him. Yeah. And uh, uh, the only way to really do that is to take the mannequin. Yeah. Because if he, if, if he doesn't have this mannequin that he's obsessed with, then maybe he won't be able to make more awesome windows. I get it's a leap. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> it's a leap. Um yeah, I just have like why did I have in my notes, why do they try to steal Emmy? I don't get it. As I'm watching it, I'm like, what is happening? And then okay, so Roxy why was she with Jonathan for so long? She they was so embarrassed like of him. like a very mismatched couple. Same, yeah. Yeah, she like she didn't want to ride the motorcycle like that's a really cool motorcycle, too. It's an old Harley. <laughs> it was an old Harley. I mean, granted, neither of the men helmets on, but, you know. Different times. Pre-helmet right? laws. Yes. But still, you know, she's, like, covering her face when, he, you know, when she, like, gets on the bike. And she's just, like, I mean, it would suck if your boyfriend was constantly getting fired. I, I get that. But she, you know, <laughs> she she had no love for him. No, and, you yeah. Know, she didn't believe in him. And, yeah. you know, I don't know why she's, I don't know why. Because she didn't want the other guy either until no, eventually yeah. she wore down and yeah. slept with the, <laughs> the Latin lover Raul. guy or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, by all accounts, Jonathan Switcher is a dream man. So oh, I don't understand sure. what her problem is. Uh, I would love to sit up and watch old movies with him. But apparently she was, like, not feeling his motorcycle. No, not at all. Uh, and then, you know, uh, but, you know, he figures it out. He figures out that she's, um, yeah. you know, a hating ass bitch. Yeah, not so, a match. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, she sort of gets this weird jealousy of Emmy, even though in her mind, mm-hmm. she's like her rational mind is like, oh, he's just in love with an inanimate <laughs> object. And what the fuck? He's, I think he needs help. When she sees him on the motorcycle with the mannequin. <laughs> behind him. That's such a funny image, too, of the mannequin. Just I think that's what she's just like, <laughs> I know. And I'm sitting there going, how is that wig not flying off that man? They got some, they got some wig glue. They got they some got pins some, in there. Some good wig glue. Just pinned it right into the... Oh, man. And he was obviously... He knew... Like, at that point, he was in his mind going, yeah, I know that if I bring her out in public, she's going to be... A stat like a mannequin. Yeah. So, and I kind of don't care. Yeah. At that point, he was like, "Who cares? I don't care who sees it." Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna literally walk out of this oh building, and basically, she's everyone's gonna think I'm a weirdo, but yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So there's lo- that's love for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> love for your real girl doll in the back of your motorcycle. <laughs> oh man, there are so they do use that for comedy with like the old couple. Again, calling her a dummy. Yeah. She says, like an old woman says, like, look at that dummy. dummy. He's like, who are you to talk? (laughs) Oh, oh boy. Who wrote the script? (laughs) But, I mean, ultimately, okay, so cut to Spader and Police Academy not knowing which one Emmy is because she's a mannequin. And, well, it does kind of look like Kim Cattrall. Like, the sculpt is pretty good. They're just like, well, I don't fucking know which one she is. Like, let's just take them all. So they grab every female mannequin. How did they finally land on Emmy, though? They, they grabbed every female mannequin. Grabbed every one. Oh, and it's took right. them to Illustra. And they're they're putting it down the chute. And Roxy throws them all. That scene looks really dangerous to, to film. It looks oh, it was harrowing. Scary. It was harrowing. Of- <laughs> but I love when Roxy says something like, you're never going to see her again. <laughs> <laughs> And takes off. Like my mentally ill ex boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to destroy this mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> and she just leaves and throws them all on this like weird like conveyor belt. That was kind of like the Fargo wood chipper. It's very like Looney Tunes. Like, okay, I get the, yeah, the wood chipper's up high, so they need this conveyor belt to put shit on. I guess it makes sense. <laughs> to have a conveyor and they they bring in this other. Is he supposed to be like a night stock guy, like yeah. a, like, a, a warehouse guy that's like st- literally standing there? The Rick Moranis looking guy. Yes, that like, yes. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, these random people have wandered into the building. I don't know if they work here or not, but they're operating this giant yeah. wood chipper. They're standing they're, on the ledge, and they're of putting the- in all of these, <laughs> and they're putting in all of these mannequins in there to to shred. Yeah. Maybe I should ask them why, but I'm instead I'm just going to sit here. I'll just here. stand here. I won't turn it off or anything. So wait, okay, before this is, uh-huh. I have to remind myself, they had actually had sex, Oh, right? yes. Okay. Yes. Because they didn't even, in they the didn't fur, for a long time. The no, coat, they didn't. Yeah. In the big fur coat pile in the middle of the department. That's right. That's a pile right. of fur coat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that sounds, sounds like a good time to me. I mean, I've worked in departments. I worked at Nordstrom. Ooh. Which is like a fancy department store, and they did while they did not have furs. I will say that I would think that furs would be maybe like on a chain. Yes. You know how like leather jackets would be you like locked. You could just walk around the store with them. No, like leather jackets would be yeah. like locked in like a bike chain. Yes, that like the clerk would have to come and help you put it on. Maybe they weren't like that in the eighties. No, I think that. Well, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they had it. Maybe they were able to snag a key somehow. But there was a pile of furs that they had sex on top of, which th- which someone had to re-rack those coats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and- discovered the next morning after she went back to the window display with all of these people just surrounding him, oh, naked Jonathan naked, under the pile naked of furs. Naked Jonathan under a pile of furs, and they clapped or something, right? Yeah. Like they were like, "Yes, our, yeah. our our creative genius hero." They thought it was performance art. <laughs> <laughs> How is this guy not getting fired? I know. I don't know this. So this department store, not only do they have furs, and not only do they have tennis rackets, a full tennis ball launching machine. <laughs> Sure. But they also have a full-size hang glider assembled. Oh, yeah. That's right. On the, like the top floor. 
Because Emmy finally gets her wish to fly. Yeah. Yeah, which is what made me realize how big this store yeah. was. <laughs> oh, gigantic. Oh, that um that pipe organ that he plays is <laughs> There's a, one of a the, Wurlitzer the largest this. I looked it up. It is the largest functioning pipe organ in the world. Okay. Wow. So yeah. he's incredible. So he's living his Phantom of the Opera fantasy like at the pipe organ and it cuts to Kim Cattrall and she's and it's a wide shot from far away and she's dancing around on like this balcony and there's like nothing behind her and I'm like what is this part of the store those, pipe organs. those are the pipes those are the pipe that organs. are behind her yeah. wow. it's like a whole floor like balcony that whole sequence is great too where they have the where they have the little montage yeah the fashion show montages the having fun montage he's that's a good song too who does that song i don't know but it's a bop every song in this movie like the songs would play and i would grab my phone and i was like siri what song is this (laughs) shazam yeah and it would go and then siri would go i'm sorry i can't figure out what song this is because this movie's fucking old (laughs) Do you dream about me? That's the only now, thing yeah, I remember. That one. Oh, my God. It's so good. And I love their, like, different setups. Like, they've got, like, a punk rock yes, setup. Yes, in the elevator. They have the one, which I thought this was really scandalous to me as a child, uh-huh. the scene where he's kind of wearing his, like, smoking jacket. He's got a little pencil thin mustache. He kind of looks like Frederick March or, like, a 30s uh, yeah, actor. Yeah. And then she's only wearing a fur. The fur coat? Yes. And then she... Flashes, flashes him, and yes. she's wearing like you know sleek, like lingerie, you know lingerie, and I was yes. like, "Holy shit, that's yeah. so grown up!" Yeah, Scott audibly gasped when we were watching the movie. He was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> racy!" Yeah, that was very racy. But that is an amazing song. It's probably on YouTube because that's how we found the Belinda Carlisle song. Yeah, she again, has her little uh, gem in the holograms look in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, again, Prince and Company wigs. Oh yeah, wigs, wigs. full punk just, wigs. You could just buy that wig there. <laughs> Leather pants, because I'm assuming all the clothes they found at the store. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's the dream of <laughs> like I get to run through a store and no one else is in it, and I get to mm-hmm. do and pick up and wear whatever I want. It's, yeah, it's very career opportunities. Yeah, that every every little kid just wants to have the run of a department store. Yeah, and you're like <laughs> running around with your crush to some great song. And, you know, it's it's the dream. Yeah. And I guess that's the Sleep appeal of why kids love this movie is that that's a very little kid thought of when you yeah. look at a mannequin and you just think, wow, wouldn't that be cool if that were to come alive? <laughs> and you could have fun with it. You could, like, dress up. Did you ever were you, did you ever walk through the mall and just randomly a store window would have people being mannequins? No, but that they that, did that on Saved by the Bell. Yes, they did. the the mall episode of Saved by the but Bell. But I fully yes. remember walking through the Glendale Galleria as a child, and just based on the general area of where we were, because you know you have like flashes of of your memory, and I'm like, okay, I know, I know we were on the top floor, and I know we were on the side where the Target is now of the Glendale Galleria, and I know that there was. A Judy's right next door to the Chess King. And Judy's had the logo that was a stick figure girl that looked like the Pearl Jam 10 album cover. Yeah. (laughs) And so I feel like we're just walking down, passing Judy's, and the mannequins in the window 
moved. Were and people. my sister and I were like, what? And there were people. And they were just, yeah. And they were just like, oh, yeah, they're just, my mom was like, they're just doing that. They're just people doing that. Yeah, I I <laughs> might have seen that like once. Yeah. It always felt like a special event, like yeah, a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Exactly. It was never like an everyday thing. Yeah, some kind of weird fashion show. But, you know, I also think, too, mannequins have become sort of like less involved. Yes. Like now if you go to a store, it's not, they don't even have heads half the time. No, it's yeah. just like butts and yeah. like <laughs> you know what, torsos. You know yeah. what mall has beautiful mannequins is the Sandita Mall. The Arcadia, yeah. The, the Arcadia, Arcadia Mall. Arcadia, Arcadia, yeah. Right in their main like area, like their place where you sit and the like court mingle. like the you know how like the malls have like a little atrium area yeah, yeah. in the center and there's there's mannequins there all spread throughout like ones with like hair and faces and stuff they don't have hair but they have they're very like like um what am i trying to they're say they're very stylized stylized yeah okay. very stylized mm-hmm. faces but they're really cool looking and it's this thing where it's the center courtyard of the mall and like They'll have like little mannequin clusters from different stores. Okay. So it's yeah. like, oh, this is like the H and M like, you know, group of mannequins, and this is like you know Uniqlo or whatever, and but they all have like really cool faces. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. They're very like stylized now. They'll like not have a head, or they'll have like just weird. Bu- I don't. I don't. Can't remember the last time I went into a store where there was a mannequin with like a wig. Right. Yeah. Too. No. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. Honestly, like Most, mostly Justin, like Macy's, you know, J.C. Penny, like those are the ones that even still have mannequins at all. And then maybe you'll, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I guess it would attention. be kind of weird to put a wig on a mannequin. We do go to the mall a lot. We do go to the mall a lot. <laughs> We're touring Good. mall rats. Love, I love the mall. The Sandy to mall, man. Go to the Sandy to mall. It's a beautiful mall. You know, because now it's 2019, and every now and then you'll go to a mall, and it'll be like, Ooh, this mall's kind of sad. Like half the stores are like oh, the Sandy to mall up the way is always bumping. It's always like yeah, on and popping. Like every storefront is like brand new shit. It's a it's it's kind of a high end ish. So we go because we go to the movies a lot. Yeah, so that's they, that's yeah. pretty much. Why? What keeps yeah. a mall alive at yeah. this point is a and movie the, theater. And the yeah. San Anita Mall caters to the rich Asian community of San Anita. Oh, wow. In yeah. Arcadia. Oh, wow. So yeah. there's that, some really good stores there. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I live in West Hollywood, and so uh, th- I've been to the Beverly Center a few times. Yeah. Uh, that mall seems really insane because yeah. there's, like, no one in there. And That's it's a huge, huge mall. <laughs> And then I heard there was a movie theater in there at one point, but it's gone. Yeah, there was when I was in high school. There was a movie theater. Yeah, and then the other mall that I go to is the Grove, which is kind of like um, you know, that's like the new mall. It's like the new new Your style outdoor, mall. It's yeah. like an outdoor where there are like bands playing and shit. I yeah. kind of don't like it's that. Like a trolley. My, <laughs> but the, I will say a mall that I do go to. Like sometimes I work in Burbank. Well, I work in Burbank, and mm-hmm. sometimes I go to that Burbank mall. Yeah. That's yeah. oh man, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. They just, <laughs> old school yep. shitball mall. They yeah. just redid that you know? mall too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. re- just redid it. And that's, I worked in malls. Yep, and me too. I actually worked in Macy's too when mm-hmm. I was growing up. So it was like, I have a fondness for all that stuff. Yeah. You all worked at, you worked at Things Remembered. I remember your sorted details where you talked about that. <laughs> oh no, I never, I never worked at Things Remembered. But I worked next door to the Things Remembered. Okay. And there was this whole... I, I think the episode was the scam one. I think it was the one yeah. with Carrot. No, it was with PFT. Where it was basically mm-hmm. like I, there was a guy running a scam. Sure. And and he worked at Things Remembered. So it was, oh. um, but that store, I would have loved to work at Things oh Remembered. Oh, my God, been yeah. Like, no customers. I could have <laughs> just 
sat there and listened to my Walkman the entire time. How do they stay in business? I know. I loved working at the mall. When I worked at the mall, I worked at a store called Mr. Rags, which was (laughs) a half skateboard, half hip hop store. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so it sold like FUBU and like Jinko jeans. Uh-huh. And then the counter had a whole like glass like display and in it had like glow sticks and le- for like your, you know, your raver kids. And then we also sold like Kung Fu VHS movies, <laughs> like Wu-Tang Clan movies and like you, skateboard you movies about Mr. Regs and stuff. A lot. It sounds like a fun job. It was oh a fun God. job. I worked there for two years. And but it was so kooky because like we would like I was assistant manager so like if we ever needed change I never wanted to go to the bank so I would just give like my dumbest employee like a hundred bucks and just be like go make change <laughs> like who do you know that works in the mall right now and they'll yeah. be like oh so and so's working at like Mrs Fields like oh okay go and see if they have change oh my god and then he'd come back and be like they only had like this much and be like okay go to McDonald's. <laughs> and oh just like and then we'd have hookups did you ever have like mall hookups of course you have to yes so uh, my friend georgina her younger sister worked at mrs fields and we would go and she would just give us bags yes of the mini the oh, little baby oh, mini yeah, mrs yeah, fields yeah. cookies and then we knew f- kids at the sweet factory and we would just fucking Fill up bags with candy. Yeah, you had to trade. Yeah, you gotta like find the person that works at like the Taco Bell or yep. the uh, Panda Express or whatever, yep. and then you get. That's how you you know get it done. We had weird shit at Mister Rags. So we didn't have a lot that we could just be like. We couldn't be like take this like T shirt or these like you know yeah Sean John like jeans or whatever. <laughs> so we did. They would like we did have like dumb stuff like candy and you know things like what we did have that I would trade in was the like the Gwen Stefani belt by the foot you know that had like Uh a little buckle with like a initial on it Mm -hmm. and then we had the different colors of the belt fabric on giant rolls like a giant toilet paper roll and you would pull it and just get however long you wanted and then we'd cut it and like clamp the edges on it and like make a belt and I'd just be like Make it <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> you've been listening to Mall Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love the mall. If you don't like going to the mall, get out of my face. <laughs> but we should probably wrap this so up. So <laughs> we should probably wrap it up with talking about the fucking Starship song. Oh, my God. Let's well, do they don't make... Be- before we get into the Starship song, really quickly, I just want to say that at the end of the movie... Jonathan saves Emmy from the wood chipper, and she just is she now just transforms alive. into a lady. <laughs> I don't know why. For they no just reason, like, we got to get it done. Yeah. She somehow got to be alive. <laughs> Let's just make it happen. The we'll weird later. Rick Moranis night, night, you know, guy sees her and she's like, "You can see me. I guess I'm still alive now." End of movie. <laughs> oh no. They get married in the window, by in the window Hollywood display. in the window display. And there is cra- the entire city of Philadelphia yeah. is looking <laughs> in the window, watching. Uh, yeah. supporting this couple. Uh, this interracial couple, I guess. What? Human and man. Inters- like, <laughs> interspecies. Yeah, inanimate and, and, and animate. So does she explain why now? Not at all. No. Okay. Not at all. Maybe. I left unresolved. Yeah. I'm so alive. strange. Yeah, she's just alive for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, sorry about interrupting you, but, I mean, we do need to get to... So it ends on this song. 
So they don't make movie love songs like this anymore. Hell no. At all. Pop songs that get nominated for Academy Awards. Well, I feel like Shallow this year was a rare exception. But even Shallow, I mean, Shallow, I don't think, opened at number one of the Billboard charts like this song did. Oh, my God. So this Starship managed to get an Oscar nomination. Do you know what they lost to? What? Dirty Dancing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a true Sophie's Choice a right there. very strong but category the, that year. But the, the time of our lives. Yeah. From Dirty Dancing. Time of your life. Oh, Dirty Dancing. The best. These are both yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this music video is also amazing, too, because I, Grace Slicken, who's the guy from The from other Starship, guy. The other guy. Yeah, something. yeah. So, yeah, so they're just sort of inserting themselves in scenes of the movie. She starts out as a mannequin, and they both finish as mannequins. Grace Slick fully starts off this video frozen as a mannequin. <laughs> And the thing is, every time we watch this video or hear this song or we built this city or just anything from Starship, one of us, me or Scott, will just say, that woman was at Woodstock. I know. I was like, <laughs> was at Woodstock. she went from white rabbit to <laughs> yeah. pretending to be a mannequin for the mannequin yeah. movie uh, that she had to be. Cheesy a band from the 80s that people that, if they were old enough in the 80s, their eyes will just roll back in their head when they hear Starship. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I will tell you, I could not stand We Built This City. <laughs> to this day. I like Every time I hear it, it oh. makes me want to vomit. I can't stand it. <laughs> so catchy, though. Oh, I can't. I, I don't know what it is about that song. It's Maybe it's just super earnest or something. Yeah. But this one is irresistible. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Love this one. It's yeah. a beautiful movie love song. <laughs> True, truly is. Almost like too good. Maybe yeah, for the ending yeah. of the, which is the. It comes out of nowhere. It's not anywhere else in the movie. Also co-written by Diane Warren. Oh, well, uh, there, there we go. go. And it was yeah. Diane there Warren's first Oscar nomination, and wow. Diane has yet to win. First of and she's how criminal. Many. And she's gotten like eight nominations now. Uh, well, if you are a fan of the Los Angeles drag scene and you're familiar with Detox, yes. look are you up with Detox. Uh uh-uh. So RuPaul's Detox is an amazing. Drag queen. She's very 80s. Her style themed. is very Mugler. She's a Mugler woman. Very 80s themed, very neon, very much Patrick Nagel. Oh, wow. You know. Yeah. Think of that and you and you got detox. She does an iconic routine to this song where any of the male vocal, she is frozen with her purse open. You go tipper. And you just go and put money in it. Then she'll dance and lip sync to the Grace Slick parts. Genius. And then when she'll get to a male part, she'll insinuate herself as close to the crowd as possible and just open her purse. And she's just raking in the And dollar people bills. just throw oh, money into her. And it's just like... She's just standing there and people are throwing cash into her purse. It's, it's like genius. a Prince and Company type fervor exactly. for her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll post a clip of it. On, yeah, it's on YouTube. on YouTube. She's got tons of we'll, videos we'll doing it. We'll post a clip of it. It's, it's great. pretty funny. Um, but yeah, the song's amazing. This movie's amazing. I'm so glad we watched it. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things that maybe we like to remember it a little stronger than it actually is. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But it hey. holds up on nostalgia, yeah. but... It's fun. You know, it's Mannequin. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's a movie that would never get made now. Oh, my God. It Studios <laughs> would never be dropping $10 million on Mannequin. And Mannequin was, like, a pretty decent hit at the time. I think it was, like, financed for $7 million and I was and I read that it made 40 
In oh like eighties terms, that's like probably over a hundred. Well, yeah, and and I'll tell you, they wouldn't have been so fast and loose with this Egyptian time travel. <laughs> now you got to create a universe. Yeah, so totally. They would have had to really get down yep. to the the sci finess yeah, or sure. whatever this is about. You know, her yeah. get jumping into the bodies because otherwise, yeah. I mean, how they are you going to make your yeah. sequels? The modern and your audience it just they would it, be calling out. Racial appropriation because she's a, obviously a white woman playing an Egyptian. Yeah, too. cultural appropriation. Oh, boom! Yeah. There you so go. Much, yeah. I mean, that would have been. It would have to be Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see a I'd see a mannequin remake with Zoe Kravitz. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that sounds good. Hey, I'd we watch can that. Cast this now. <laughs> All right. Do we have any final thoughts so we can wrap this baby up, put her to bed? <laughs> I mean, final yeah. Thoughts. I think I think you said it. We 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 think back at this movie a little bit more fondly than. Just uh, don't analyze it too much. Just have fun it too with much. it. Just go with it. Yeah. It's still a fun watch. Yeah, it's totally fun. So, Millie, um, you are a programmer for TCM, right? Yes, I am. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure. what's going on there? Uh, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, I've been uh, there doing that thing for about 15 years, and uh, I program... Yeah. Many, I've programmed the channel alongside my uh, colleagues at, in the program department, but I, I do kind of everything, weekends, um, you know, stuff during the month, like special programming, like Star of the Month, that kind of thing. But my main thing is this uh, cult movie show called TCM Underground. It comes on Friday nights at 2 a.m. on the... Um, East Coast, so it's like 11 p.m. out here. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, so... I'm familiar. I've seen it. We have TCM. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like, you know, a assortment of midnight movies type stuff. I, I mean, love it, all it's of that. very broad. I mean, I am deeply considering moving into, like, the mannequin territory. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely played 80s movies. Yeah. It's a, a, you know, and there's a lot. Who's the guy that introduces all of the TCM movies now? Ben Mankiewicz? I'd like to yeah. see Ben Mankiewicz introduce Mannequin. <laughs> Introducing Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, I would <laughs> love Ben to do Mannequin. I um, I have to try to make that happen. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll DVR that for sure. I want to yeah. see, like, the... I want to see the... Um, at, like, all the AMC theaters, they have, like, the TCM movie of the month. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see one from Mannequin. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, you know, for me, like, the concept of what uh, is sort of the under the underground thing for me is not, like, this is an underground movie. Yeah. I think it's so broad now. I mean, yeah. if you look at, like, even if you go to places like the New Beverly Cinema or, like, in movie theaters, it's, like, the concept of, like, what is kind of a fun movie to watch with people, you know, is, like... Truly, you know, big. At this point, yeah. there's so much nostalgia for this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, like, when it comes down to it, we can't find Mannequin. Mannequin is <laughs> yeah. not readily available yeah, on the sure. internet. Yeah. It's a weird co- – I think it's a weird copyright thing with the with MGM. And MGM's a weird studio now because yeah. they really kind of don't exist. They're sort of owned by Warner Brothers, but yeah. all of their back catalog, it's kind of like Are the those Wild the ones West that we with. can't get on Movies Anywhere? Oh, no, that's Paramount. Yeah. yeah, and and that's the other thing too is like all these different companies are trying to figure out you know oh should we put these on Netflix should we put this on Amazon like or should we do our own thing and so yeah. at this point I mean you know this as film people the the digital yeah. uh, movie is the whole landscape is 
really fractured and yeah. you know I think we had a hard we were just talking about we had kind of a hard time even finding Mannequin mm-hmm. online uh, they had the DVD that's like, why you should yeah. always that's why you should always support digital media yeah because you own that shit right. you mean physical media mm-hmm. oh yeah physical media physical media I physical mean. media yeah. yeah and you know had I known that Mannequin wouldn't be available uh, readily available <laughs> to me I would have kept my VHS tape right which yeah is like, I still have VHS tapes, so it's kind of yeah, like, too. yeah, I mean, and so f- for that reason alone, I feel like a mannequin would be, like, something like mannequin, weirdly enough, has become kind of like a rare yeah. Yeah. title, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And it'd give people the opportunity that wouldn't have normally have seen it or sought it out. Right. To to revisit this, this gem that people should be watching, <laughs> frankly. Thank you for coming on. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, God, this was we'll have to a have blast. It was so much fun. Love it. We'll pick Thank another you. one. Yeah. Hey, do you list. have any social medias you want to plug? You don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> sure, no. I, uh, so there is a TCM Underground Twitter. It's a, just oh. at TCM Underground. It, it, it'll it list all of the movies that we're playing every week. And then I tweet personally um, at Millie DeCherico. Um I won't spill it out for you. Yeah. We'll you go to your, yeah. your site. Your we'll tag really you. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll tag so, you on it. That's it. Awesome. Well, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movies That Made Us Gay. You can also find us at on Twitter at M-T-M-U-G-Pod. I'll get that one of these days. Mm-hmm. And if you want to send us an email, uh, shoot one over to Movies That Made Us Gay at gmail.com. You know Forget to rate us five stars. Rate us five stars on Let's iTunes. Get this shit trending. Smash that five star button. Send us a DM. Send us uh, your thoughts, your uh, suggestions for more movies. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.